Johnny Cage, Kano, Luke Kang, Raiden, Scorpion, Sonya Blade, Sub-Zero, Goro, Shang, Zora, Tabaraka, J-Jack, Kintaro, Kitana, Kung Lao, Merlini, Nanuse, Mutsdow, Shao Kanpo, Chameleon, Cyrax, Earth, Makabo, Motaro, Nightwolf, Insector, Sheep, The Sindel, Striker, Fu, Jin, Quanshi, Shinoxo, Mina, Jerick, Kaimi, Reiko, Tanya, Tremor, Blade, Go, Ryo, Welcome to Mortal Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Meckler, and this is the show where I overwrite my friend's most precious childhood memories with everything there is to know about Mortal Kombat from the perspective of a single character. Today, very special guest. You know her. You love her. Maybe I'm being presumptuous. Just taking a guess. Brody Gupta. Brody, how are you? How am I? Oh, fine. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks for coming on. Uh, Appreciate it. No, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Appreciate okay, thank it. you guys so much. This was really fun. Brody, I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, I asked you to be on the show, and you instantly said yes. yes. No questions asked. No. So, so what I'm wondering is, you were, you were, if nothing else, I would say enthusiastic about the prospect of coming on a podcast about Mortal Kombat. Yes, very much so. What is your relationship to Mortal Kombat? Um, it's that the other day someone asked me to be on a podcast talking about Mortal Kombat. That's everything. Yeah. What would you say, like, enticed you to begin with about the the concept of coming on? Like, was it, did you have a vested interest in learning more about Mortal Kombat? Did you simply find the idea amusing and wanted to know more? Were you curious how I would sustain a podcast, uh, about Mortal Kombat? I would say the thing that made me do it ultimately was uh, you asking me to. Power suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pretty much do anything anyone asks. Whoa. All yeah. right. Seems dangerous if put in the wrong hands, but... And it uh, has been. I'm sure you got in some scrapes before. Um, sure. So you have no real background whatsoever with Mortal Kombat. I'm curious, like, when I say the words Mortal Kombat, what, what is the image that is conjured in your mind's eye? Um, I mean, listen, Mortal Kombat to me, I, it, it is a video game mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that I think was created um, to uh to train US the US military, right? Mm-hmm. That's how we train um, our military? You're not, yeah, you're not like you're not like far off um in it's that it does starring, train you to kill. Yeah, it's a sitcom starring two best friends. <laughs> they're they're from the big city, but all of a sudden, you know, one of their grandma one of their grandmas left them a, a house and out in the country. And 
they're <laughs> moving in together. That's what Mortal Kombat is. It's a multicam half hour. Um, and listen, these friends, they are, couldn't be more opposite from each other, but they've got one thing in common and it's their love and respect for one another. Is that roughly and it? And the U.S. military. And the, oh uh, yeah, and it is just propaganda yeah. for the U.S. military. It's a, it's a multicam sitcom about two best friends as well as a psyop uh, by the U.S. military. Yeah, that's always like the B story. <laughs> the A story is like, you know, we see like female friendship and like, yeah, it can be complicated, but it's fun. You know, women, women, they have a special bond and they, you mm-hmm. know, they're all, uh, they're, they're chatty, like the Gilmore girls. And then, you know, in, in the B story we have, um, yeah, we have military training. Yeah. Like a treatise on how the U S needs to get more involved in the events in like Venezuela. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's it's and then an A story about accidentally having two dates at the same time. Exactly. The A story is two dates at the same time and the B story is like, oh, awkward, we're overseeing a military coup. Mm. Okay, yeah, I mean you're honestly not that far off. <laughs> are you do you play video games at all? Are you are you a gamer? No, I'm not a gamer, but um i was i mean i was part of the revolution of course the dance Mm -hmm. dance revolution when that was popular in like 2005 do you spend some time at like arcades you know in your life um or is this more like you had that pad you plugged in your xbox actually there was this place um that just i mean this is one of those places that like I really think in like 40 50 years when I have like grandchildren or you know whatever robots take care of me in my old age um Mm. they're not gonna believe that there was a place called barcade yeah where everybody would everybody would touch all of the same like joysticks and and whatever like the the little things for uh uh for pinball so i i have and uh we live like like not very far like a it's it's probably like a half hour walk or something to barcade from my house but like a five minute uber and we would go all the time we would get like we would just you know eat the shittiest food and then i would play the game uh i would i would play some sort of knockoff pac-man and i got really good at it um and i, I was uh... all 10 of the high scores which i after that night i was like bragging to everyone about it and then the next morning i was like oh that's not like a bragging point <laughs> That's not like wait no that's actually that's insane though wait you actually have that I would say it's actually extremely impressive to have the top ten high scores in Pac Man is that for real you had all ten high yeah but it wasn't it wasn't the um because I never I I I was never aggressive enough to get access to the Pac Man one so it was like a knockoff Pac Man that was like two Mm -hmm. games away from Frogger oh okay so it's Frac Man. Yeah, so Frackman. Um, uh, but it, it was in that 
that like machine that I got all of the top scores one night and I was just I was like oh this is what like this this is what investment bankers feel like after um, Mm. a night of investing or whatever it is you know cocaine I guess (laughs) It's funny to me that that is where your mind went as like a landmark for like people that feel really good. People about that feel really good did. in a really <laughs> sincere way, yeah. Because the first of like two times I ever did psychedelics in college, I sat on my laptop and I was like, I'm going to write some profound stuff. And I wrote down, I wish I was a young stockbroker to have that satisfaction, that zest for life, (laughs) which is not something I believe. But it's funny that both us comedy brains were like, you know who's really fulfilled? Yeah. (laughs) Both of us, we write comedy. Like, we're creative for a living. And we're like, God, but this is just this is just to make money. If we really wanted to play and have a good time, we would head straight (laughs) for wall street and never look back. I guess. Yeah. Somewhere buried deep in my mind, at least it's just like those guys feel fulfilled because they don't have a rich inner life or any moral compass. So that means very easy for them. You know what I think it is, is that like, Hollywood representation of that life is sort of the closest uh, access point that I have for it, like the closest uh, reference point that I have for being like on Wall Street or being like a, you know, super rich investment banker is just the movie version, which is entirely, yeah, which is entirely montages (laughs) because there's no writer in Hollywood that really knows what it is. No. So it's, which is why it's just energy, like cocaine fueled montages is because that's kind of all of our ideas for it. So we're in this like feedback loop of like, we're writing investment banking like that. And then uh, we're seeing that that's what investment banking is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then we're getting and then investment bankers it. are seeing it and they're going why isn't my life like that i oh, wish yeah. i was a movie investment banker or they're or they're not watching any movies you know why because they're running around uh, with us with stocks yeah running around going i got i got 100 stocks over here exactly. goes, yeah exactly yeah. so long story short you you haven't played Mortal Kombat, no. the video game, but you've been in arcade, which I at least can confirm because I've been to Barcade. Yeah. Great, great spot. That um, that you've been in an arcade that has Mortal Kombat because they have Mortal Kombat 4 there, which, which is, is one of my really favorites. Um, but you're at least aware that Mortal Kombat's a fighting game, right? Two. Yeah. Two you pick one. You fight. I will so, say if the word mortal didn't tip me off, combat certainly did. <laughs> yeah okay great well uh be that as it may uh usually on this show i will kind of rewind all the way back to um the dawn of time to really lay a bedrock for an understanding of like the the mortal Kombat mythology as a whole and how it feeds into that character's story but i actually think today 
um, what the character will be talking about, it might be more fun to really sit in his perspective from beginning to end because he is someone who was slowly exposed to the larger mythology of Mortal Kombat throughout his life. And um, I think that's what I'll do for, for you as well, Broti, is, is to uh, expose you very slowly to the world of Mortal Kombat so that it really seeps in and it's not, you know, you're not overwhelmed, it's not all coming at once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Before we do talk about what Mortal Kombat is and talk about the character we're discussing today, whose name is Kenshi Takahashi. Okay. Um, I would like to ask you a question. On every season of Mortal Podcast, we have a theme that kind of ties together all the characters we're discussing that season. This is actually the season five finale that we're recording today. And all of the characters introduced in season five of the show appear in the fifth game for the first time. And that game was called Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance. And sure enough, every single character that appears in that game is a part of a Deadly Alliance. And so I ask you, Proti, has there been a Deadly Alliance that you've been a part of in your life? Um, I mean, deadly here and there, you know, but I mean, I guess I, like I have friends. Does that count? Are you ever, would you say that you have a friend who together you've been able to be uh, ruthlessly efficient in some way, because oh, I'd say that's what really defines like a deadly alliance. It doesn't have to be necessarily a literal um, murder pact situation. Sure. But... Um, efficient? Uh, no. But I do find that um my friend uh Dylan Galula from uh your television and mine uh mm-hmm. she, she and I together are uh we're often the exact opposite of efficient, which is, you know, something. Yeah. It's deadly in that you are, uh, absolutely decimating your productivity by being friends. Exactly. So we are sort of like together. We are, uh, kind of just the, we are the worst society has to offer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have like a particular misadventure that you and Dylan have been on that uh, illustrated why you are such a deadly alliance? Um, we, what have we done? We went to a Scientology museum and got into a fight with what was clearly a group of actors that were going through it. Um, we went to the, uh, we went to the bodies exhibit. That was rough. The body Wait, world did exhibit. Did you go to the like the Scientology Museum, or did you go to the Museum of Death? The Museum the of Death. Scientology that's Museum the one. in Hollywood. Yes, yeah, that's the one. The one about how psychology has created nothing but sorrow and death. Yeah, and, and then the there's like a there's if I'm remembering correctly, there's like some room that has like all these framed pictures of celebrities, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's like largely celebrities that have unfortunately like passed away and not not due to time let's just say i see um that due like, to psychology due to psychology and it's like yeah. 
you know, like this is evidence of how uh, horrible psychology is and how horrible like therapy is, et cetera, et cetera. But there were like a couple actors who we we like looked, we were like, they're still alive. <laughs> they were just so on I don't the know. like who? Yeah, I, I forget who. I'm, I mean, I I feel like maybe Harrison Ford was one of them. But <laughs> we saw the, but we were the dead like celebrities wall. Yeah, but we were like, I don't know where you guys got this intel, but like a couple of these people are still very much alive. Not only alive, but like they're you know they're working pretty regularly. <laughs> Are doing well was for this the fight that you got into with someone? No, ultimately, Harrison Ford is alive. Ultimately, no, we weren't willing to fight that battle. Um, mm-hmm. uh, ultimately, the fight I think was uh, mainly because they were like, "So, what did you learn?" And we were like, "Oh, yeah, it, it was interesting." And then they were like, they were just very much like, uh, "You know, psychology is garbage and science is garbage." And we were like. Mm. You know, agree to disagree. Like, agree to disagree. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, my wife has also. I have not personally been to that museum. My wife did go as a bit, and they wrote her name down in a list, and she remembers that often. Wow. They're like, "What's your name?" She's like, "Cut off gardens." Like Kirby, and they're like, "Cool," and just like wrote it down. She's like, "What was that? What was that about?" And they're like, "Nothing." <laughs> that rules. Uh, shout out to Scientology, our sponsor today. Thank you uh, for your support. Join Scientology. It's a great way to waste your money and life. Yes. Check off Scientology <laughs> signature. That's what that is. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, I would say, that qualifies then as a deadly alliance. That you and Dylan uh, were able to potentially change some minds that day. Yeah. I can't say we successfully change anyone's mind ever. And. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know not even just in that context right if nothing else you have managed to form a deadly alliance in that together you've managed to wield the power of a single zoom account uh which i'm reminded of because the entire time i'm talking to you it says dylan galula in the bottom corner of your frame yeah yeah i just i <laughs> guess i forgot to log out maybe so <laughs> here we are yeah i hope she fine. doesn't need it's this fine. right now <laughs> uh uh well great well then without further ado let's talk about kenshi takahashi now kenshi takahashi is just a regular guy like you or me from earth aka earth realm as it's often called uh-huh. in mortal Kombat. and kenshi it, was... colloquially in english yeah yes that's what we call <laughs> yeah. this certain sectors you know they're like here on the planet earth realm um so Kenshi's just a dude growing up on our planet Earth, and uh, he is made profoundly aware from his birth that he is the latest in the great Takahashi line, the Takahashi clan, uh, a lineage of great warriors. So he has that pressure on him his whole life, which is like, you know, your parents were great warriors, their parents were great warriors, you gotta be a great warrior, Kenshi, you gotta make it happen. So Kenshi travels the world trying to make a name for himself. It's never specified how he did such a thing. My guess is underground fight clubs because, baby, this is Mortal Kombat. So Kenshi's traveling the world, getting in scrapes, 
fighting in fighting tournaments, getting doing some underground mixed martial arts stuff, trying to make a name for himself and establish himself as a great warrior. But you know, in 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 the modern world, it's hard to establish yourself as a great warrior. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, go fight? Uh, you know, at the Capitol riots? That's not a way to prove that you're a great oh, warrior. No, no, you can't no. do that. You gonna go to to war? Where? No. No. So he just goes around doing Fight Club stuff. One day, he meets an old man named Song. And Song says, Kenshi, I'm eyeballing it, and I can see that you have the potential to be a great warrior, but what you're missing is a legendary weapon, something that will allow you to create, to, to do heroic feats that will really establish you as a great warrior. Mm-hmm. And Kenshi's like, uh-huh, I'm listening. And he goes, all right, so there's this magical sword, and its name is Sento. It's a sword so powerful it can only be wielded by a great warrior. Real sword in the stone, stone stuff. Mm-hmm. And he says, you just got to crawl to the bottom of that ancient well. Trust me, if you get on down there, you're going to find this magical sword. Okay. Easy peasy. Sure. <laughs> so Kenshi hops into this well, gets on down to the bottom there, and he opens up this like hatch. He's like, oh, the sword's probably in here. And all of a sudden, hundreds of souls come blasting out of the soul hatch that he had apparently opened at the bottom of this well, blinding him. So that, you can't do that, you know? He doesn't like that, yeah. right? He's not stoked, I would say, to have been blinded by hundreds of spirits. No, it's not It's not like a, one of those, um, it's not like one of those like wind machine that blows cash out, right? No. And you like catch no. whatever cash you can. No, it's not like that at all. Mm-mm. yeah it's bad news bears yeah and so kenshi's like fuck fuck i can't see and i'm at the bottom of a well and he looks up and he hears the old man at the top of the well and he doesn't see this but he hears this the old man basically opens up his mouth and just hoovers those souls in and just gobbles them all up just has like a whole soul feast with all the souls that kenshi yeah. released from the well you know what I would say? I would say mm-hmm. slow down. Slow down, chew. You know? Mm-hmm. I would say slow down. You don't have to... You're not... We have time. Eat. Mm-hmm. In a safe way. So your, your main note is that he should have paced himself. Pace yourself. Pace those yourself. Yeah. Because here's the thing. You rush something like that. You choke. Someone does the Heimlich maneuver or something, or even worse, you end up in the hospital. That's going to take much more time than if you had just taken your mm-hmm. time in the first place. Fair. Thankfully, at least for the old man we thought was named Song, uh, gobbling up all those souls is no problem for him because, as he quickly reveals to Kenshi, he is not an old man named Song. He is actually named shang sung to which kenshi's like okay i don't all right so your name is different uh he reveals himself to be a trickster sorcerer from another dimension well from earth realm but he's loyal to another dimension called outworld and 
with that, he says, all of those souls were your ancestors. I needed you to open it because it had to be someone from the Takahashi clan to open up that soul hole. Um, and now that I've had my fill of souls, have fun blind at the bottom of this well. Bye. And so Shang Tsung leaves Kenshi there and just bails. And Kenshi's mind is reeling. You know, he's, he's blind now. He's at the bottom of this well. He just found out that sorcerers exist. He just found out that souls can be gobbled up. He just found out that there are other dimensions and that some sorcerer loyal to another one for some reason needed to eat a bunch of souls. Mm-hmm. He, he's really spinning out. I mean, put yourself in this guy's shoes. Like, you'd probably be pretty, like, freaked out, right? Yeah. I, yeah. In a word, scared. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Uh, so at that moment, a voice calls out to Kenshi. It is the voice of the sword. The voice goes, hey, man, it's me, Sento. Um, the sword that you found at the bottom of this well. I'm here. And Kenshi's like, now we got talking swords. All right, man, fine. That's fine. What do, you, what do I do now, sword? And Sento says, I will become your eyes. And together, we will go get revenge on that sorcerer, and we will free the souls of your ancestors. Just okay. turns Kenshi's life around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, sounds good. Yeah, it's a good deal, I guess, if your options have now been dramatically limited because you've been blinded and you have shamed your ancestors by letting their souls get gobbled up when the whole thing that was driving you was uh you know living up to their legacy and being a great warrior sure so for 10 years kenshi trains to become a great warrior despite his newfound disability uh with the power of the sword he learns to be a master swordsman. He hones his other senses. And his whole mission just becomes seeking out Shang Tsung and destroying him. You know what? And, I, uh, I do recommend, and I don't normally recommend this, but it seems like things would be easier for him if he got a gun. Yeah. I guess, well, I don't know. I actually... And I don't usually disagree when people recommend other people get guns. Sure. But <laughs> but that's because you're but, president of the NRA. Yes. I, it doesn't come up a lot in the show, but I am the president of the National uh, Rifle Association. Yeah. Man, it's, it's too late now, but I just thought it would have been funny if I had said the National Raffle Association and then went up to by saying... Often our raffles are giveaways of guns because I just really like them. That's fine. It would have been a good, yeah. I think you I, know, second second draft stuff. What do you yeah. <laughs> I think you got there either way. You know. Yeah, I got. It. That's what's really important, and I think the listeners are going to kind of understand that, that. Exactly. It's important is that I got I got there. What's important is that it's all been pretty natural in terms of like flow of conversation it's fit in yeah, pretty well so. <laughs> uh i think here's the thing why would you think that it would be better for him to have a gun than a sword because the sword he's holding it he knows where it's landing right well, even that's if he can't true. see but a gun well i mean it's just kind of generally where you're pointing right 
I, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess so. I just feel like here's the thing about <laughs> the sword of like, you're walking around with this sword and you're like, that it's so cool. I have this sword, you know, you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah. There's so much more. I guess that's Think true. of how much more surface area blade takes up on a sword. And think of how much yeah. space bullet takes up in the gun. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. You're right. If a, if you accidentally hit yourself with a bullet, you you've got like a pretty good like amount of body that won't get too badly fucked up. But if you accidentally like swung the sword and hit yourself in the legs, you could accidentally cut both of your legs off. You could. Depending on how sharp the sword is. Yeah. And how much you insist on saying. going the whole way through. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I could be wrong. I do believe he gets an Uzi at some point. What, what, what is that? I, I have a I have a vague memory of in one of these games he's also got a gun. Oh, fantastic. But this is this is where that would come into play. And here's where we kind of come back to to a certain extent where we started. For ten, so for 10 years, he's training, he's seeking out Shang Tsung. And within those 10 years, he comes across a branch of the U.S. military called the U.S. Special Forces. Mm-hmm. And they say to Kenshi, what are you doing, like, you know, out in these woods? And he's like, I'm looking for a sorcerer named Shang Tsung. And they go, that's our mission. As the U.S. Special Forces, <laughs> we are the branch of the military that's dealing with other dimensions. And we've been trying to seek this Shang Tsung guy for a long time. All right. And, and so Kenshi's like, cool. Um, I guess I'll sign up and join the U S military and become a member of the special forces because our, our goals have aligned. Yeah. Which seems drastic, but you know, He's an easy mark, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I will say, like, if it's it's pretty, um, uh, like the coincidence is there, obviously, that all of a sudden mm-hmm. the U.S. military and he have the same goal, but you got to just take that. You got to take that where you yeah. can, you know, like that's efficient. It is. It is. What are you gonna do? <laughs> so, so can she? It basically gets the whole download from special forces. They're like, if you're joining us, here's what you need to know. There are thousands of dimensions and there is something called the mortal Kombat tournament. And it is the rule created by the elder gods that control all life across all the dimensions that decides which of these dimensions, otherwise known as realms get to invade and conquer the other realms. You have to beat them at 10 fighting tournaments in a row. And that's how you can conquer another realm. And Kenshi's like, all right, makes sense. (laughs) The issue with Shang Tsung for the special forces is that he defected from Earthrealm hundreds of years ago, Mm. has been eating souls to keep himself young, and is now a member of Outworld, an evil dimension ruled by a warlord named Shao Kahn who has conquered 
many dimensions in the past okay. and turned his own dimension in this crazy hell world where there's like skyscrapers blasting through ancient wizard castles and there's centaurs living alongside vampires who've been pulled in next to the people from the dinosaur ninja realm and it's like it's it's a really hard place to live outworld yeah all so of that outworld's been trying to conquer earth realm forever yeah it's very philadelphia-esque mm-hmm. yeah Are you from philly no, I'm not. I'm not from Philadelphia. It's <laughs> just a city I thought of. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. <laughs> uh, I've been there once. They got pretty good uh, vegan Philly cheesesteaks. That's what I ate there. Oh, that is wow. the first thing I think of. Mm-hmm. Wow, what was, in the, what, was in the, what was the fake meat? I didn't ask. Was it like Satan or Satan? It, it seemed like it was Satan. Mm-hmm. That's usually my guess if something comes relatively close to approximating the texture of meat. It yeah. has kind of that like snap, you know, the satan snap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Kenshi teams up with special forces. They give him the download. They tell him about the various dimensions. They tell him Outworld's the one we're dealing with. And that's why we got to stop Shao Kahn. And he's like, oh, I just want to stop him because he ate all of my ancestors' souls and made me bl- and blinded me and left me in a well. And they're like, then you're the perfect recruit. Um, so they say, here's what we need you to do. Shang Tsung recently formed a bit of a deadly alliance with another sorcerer. Uh, and they're currently in Outworld cooking up some bad ideas. Yeah. So, Kenshi, we're going to put you in a, you're going to cross through a portal. And you're going to another dimension, man. You're going to Outworld. And we need you to find one of our operatives who was lost there. He is a robot, and his name is Cyrax. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Cyborg, little, to be fair. Uh, He's a cyborg. He's got a human okay. brain and spine. Have him do, like, a side side gig. Yeah. Well, they're basically like, look, if you're with us, it's not going to be all hunting Shang Tsung all the time. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. We're going to help you hunt Shang Tsung. You got to help us rescue our robot. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're like, go to the other dimension, find Cyrax, bring him home, and then we can continue to figure out what Shang Tsung is cooking up over there. So if you hear any intel while you're there, it'll be a good opportunity to, you know, feed into our, our larger mission of stopping that guy from eating all the souls. Yeah. So, stop that. Yeah. So, so, so Kenshi goes to Outworld, new dimension, and it is mind blowing. It's startling. All of a sudden he like, he sees a centaur run by, there's a vampire flying around and he actually hangs out for a minute with a ninja made up of thousands of souls named Ermac. Um, Ermac says, listen, we are thousands of souls. We were created by the emperor of this realm, Shao Kahn. Uh, you've probably heard he's a pretty bad dude. Um, but Shao Kahn got murdered by Shang Tsung. And now we're not connected to anyone because our creator's dead. And we're just wandering around. And we don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And Kenshi says, well, I've got this magic sword. Is it possible that I could cut through your mental connection as ghosts to your creator. And they're like, we don't know. Sure. Go for it. So Kenshi severs the connection to Shao Kahn freeing Ermac. And in exchange, 
uh, Ermac says, hey, I really appreciate that, Kenshi. So I'm going to teach you telekinesis. All right. Yeah. Specifically, he says, I'm going to teach you my special move. It's called the telekinetic slam. And, um, and that's very similar to uh, flossing, the dance craze that took the nation like three years ago. <laughs> I was going to ask what you would imagine the telekinetic slam is. And so flossing is the flossing is the uh, is the first uh, move that comes to mind. Um, where's the telekinesis in that f for you? You know, it's not going to be a one to one. Okay, that's fine. Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, what it actually is is essentially lifting someone up into the air with telekinesis and just slamming them back down to the to the ground. Yeah, I don't know if you've done telekinesis before, but that's um, pretty much not on purpose. No. Hmm. Have you had you've had an accidental telekinetic event? I mean, who's to say what's unintentional? You know. And who's to say what's telekinesis? Exactly. Yeah. Does that answer your question? pretty clearly it does Great. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so kenshi learns the telekinetic slam and says thanks ermac i appreciate it i'm gonna go back to looking for this cyborg um and he's you know ambling around in outworld and there are many like dangerous forests and deserts and and scary you know lakes mountainy areas and he stumbles upon of all people the Deadly Alliance themselves, Shang Tsung and Quan Chi. Now, Kenshi's like, I got two choices here. I can try to just brazenly attack this sorcerer that I've been hunting for over a decade. Uh, or I can listen in and hear what they're up to. And he's like about to say, like, fuck it and just sneak up and try to kill Shang Tsung. Because at least that would kind of give him the revenge he's been seeking for all this time. But what he overhears is these two sorcerers saying, hey... We've got a secret agent infiltrating the special forces. They've put a bomb in special forces HQ and they're going to blow everyone up. Oh, and, no. Yeah. And Kenshi's like, I have to choose right now. Is it my revenge mission? Am I going to kill Shang Tsung or am I going to go back to Earthrealm and warn my friends before they get exploded? Mm -hmm. And he's about to head home. He chooses his friends. He's yeah, about to head home to warn them. them when uh, this guy named Movado, who's like kind of a henchman of mm -hmm. the Deadly Alliance and the leader of this cult called the Red Dragon, mm -hmm. uh, knocks him out uh, before he can go home. To okay. So Kenshi has failed to make it home in time. The bomb goes off. As far as he knows, his friends at the Special Forces are dead. Shang Tsung has struck yet another blow to poor yeah. Kenshi. Uh, Kenshi is left for dead by Movado, who basically like, stabs him and is like, good enough for me, and then like walks away. Kenshi is found, injured, but alive, by a guy named Sub-Zero. Oh, yeah. Are you familiar? Have you heard, have you heard the name Sub-Zero before? I've I've not um uh, no my reaction was just I I was a little uh sad for him that his name is Sub Zero. Mm -hmm. Well, there's kind of like a reason. 
okay. for it that's, that's not necessarily like he's less than zero. Yeah. Um, he's a he he's a cryomancer, so he has ice powers. Mm, okay. So it's uh, more for like, the temperature that he kind of runs at. Yeah. Okay. So much much like the uh, protagonist of uh, the uh, Disney films Frozen and Frozen Two, he is operating yes. uh, in the in the severe cold. Yeah, he's the Elsa of Mortal Kombat. If anything, That's I would awesome. say Frozen's a somewhat blatant, honestly, ripoff of uh, the trailblazing storytelling of Sub-Zero. Specifically, the spin-off yeah, video it. game Mortal Kombat Mythologies colon Sub-Zero. I believe it. I believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just this business, you know? Sometimes it's cutthroat. No new ideas. Yeah, there are like four stories, and one of them is, oh, Ice Person. Yeah. There's the monomyth, there's the love story, there's Ice Person, and the fourth one. Yeah, the fourth one is, um, uh, the fourth one just is the show Seinfeld. Yeah. the It's the monomyth, the love story, the, uh, the cryomancer, and Seinfeld. Yep. Which I gotta say, I've been rewatching six seasons in. Still just as funny as ever. I gotta rewatch. Yeah, it's a pretty great show. Of all the shows that star an adult man who dated a teenager at the time, yeah, I would say it's the best one. Oh, that's really nice. I would love to see those yeah. rankings. Would love to see those rankings. Just because, you know, it's like, you're always looking for a teen marathon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably go Seinfeld. Um... Manhattan, the TV show. Yes, Manhattan, the animated series. Yeah, 1979, um, Manhattan. Um, yeah, Hanna Barbera's Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, they had that shark that was friends with Woody Allen in that one. Yeah, like, what on- about <laughs> dating a teenager? Yeah, they're running it in syndication on Disney Plus right now. Yeah, you can get it on Boomerang. Yeah, if you subscribe. <laughs> Uh, anyway, this cryomancer named Sub-Zero is like, Kenshi, Kenshi, wake up. And Kenshi's like, what's up? He's like, I'm also from Earthrealm. Um, I'm also trapped in Outworld. The Deadly Alliance has been getting up to all sorts of bad news. Uh, we gotta get back to Earthrealm. Do you have access to a special forces portal? And Kenshi's like, dude, you're giving me a lot of information all at once. Let me call special forces and see if I can get us a portal back to Earthrealm. And he calls special forces and they're not answering because probably they're all dead. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so Kenshi's like, the only way out is through. We got to find Shang Tsung and kill that motherfucker. And like at knife point, make him use his sorcery to send us home because he's killed my friends. He ate my ancestors. He blinded me. He, this guy's got to go. Yeah. So, so Kenshi and Sub-Zero track Shang Tsung throughout world. And when they find his location, they discover that he's already been killed by, um, the resurrected former King of Outworld, this guy named Onaga, the dragon King. So named because he's a big dragon. Yeah. So Dragon King is because he, so he's a big dragon. That explains mm. Dragon King. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He's 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 the king, and additionally, 
um, he has the appearance of a dragon. Dragon man. I think really. that he's got yeah. kind of like thick, like tree trunk thighs. Um, sure. And is bipedal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm okay with that naming. Cool. Then we can keep going. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, the mere fact that Shang Tsung has been slain actually frees Kenshi's ancestors, whose souls had been consumed and bound within Shang Tsung. And all of the souls kind of swim through the air to Sento, Kenshi's sword, and imbue the sword with ultimate power, turning him into the greatest warrior that the Takahashi clan had ever seen. Fulfilling his ultimate wish. That's lovely. Yeah. It it freed Kenshi up, kind of, to pursue different meaning in his life. I mean, that's kind of so, like, that's kind of how I felt when I became a comedy writer. So I really get where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. You felt like all of your ancestors' spirits had flown into your quill. Yeah. And I think that they all, you know, I, I would say looking back at my ancestry, um, you know, especially like my grandparents who were uh, uh, like refugees during the partition in India, mm-hmm. I really think that mm-hmm. they would be so excited that uh, n- n- not but two generations later, their, you know, their family name is writing jokes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that they would have been really excited to hear that. I think that they would have been really excited to hear that, you know crossing country lines having mm-hmm. no money will ultimately lead to a mid-level comedy writing job for me hey mid-level is not bad that's pretty good yeah it's pretty good and that's, that's why they're momentum. listen you <laughs> you don't you don't survive as a refugee unless you know what the different wga levels are yeah, yeah. that's always yeah, been like the case think... I like to think that my Holocaust survivor ancestors, when they made it, when they saw Ellis Island, uh, when they were finally arriving here, thought to themselves, there's a chance now mm-hmm. that our great, possibly great grandson, will have a co EP title on an animated series that could run multiple seasons. That's the thing. On Netflix. You get to Ellis Island. And they say, uh, you know, welcome to America. You see the book that the Statue of Liberty is holding up? That's the WGA manual that tells you what the minimums are for each level. It's the schedule of minimums. If you actually look at the statue, if you really, like, look at it. If you really look at it, yeah. It says WGA schedule of minimums actually on that book that Lady Liberty is holding. And the Statue of Liberty stands because she stands with the WGA. It's interesting because she was a gift from France where they actually don't have the WGA. No, um, we gave her, you know, she she was, uh, she was came to the country empty-handed. They said, <laughs> put whatever you want in there. And then yeah. we collectively said, you know, we're going to We put... just finished this big stone schedule of minimums. Yes, exactly. And we have and it's exactly the right it. size to fit in the crook of that statue's arm. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You know, it's kind of, I mean, she is sort of the, 
creator and executive producer of America mm-hmm. in many ways. Yes, I think so. Yeah. It's a beautiful story. It's the American story. And it's how Kenshi felt in that moment, despite being of Japanese uh, heritage and descent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Kenshi and Sub-Zero, Kenshi now supercharged with power and Sub-Zero are like, cool, well, your mission's like all taken care of, Kenshi. Um, I really want to stop this Onaga guy, the Dragon King, because he seems bad. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Kenshi helps Sub-Zero out, they battle Onaga, they defeat his forces alongside some other friends they make along the way, and Sub-Zero says, Kenshi, you've really proven yourself to me as this great warrior, if you're looking for purpose in your life, would you like to join my ninja clan, the Lin Kuei? And Kenshi says, I appreciate it, Sub-Zero, my good friend, but I would prefer to remain a lone wolf. Aww. So the two of them return to Earthrealm. They part ways. Mm-hmm. Kenshi now has a new mission. He's like, all right, well, Shang Tsung's off the shit list because he's dead. So who else needs to be dead? How maybe... about that guy Movado who stabbed me and left me for dead? Well, maybe his next mission could be making a couple of friends. Um, it could have been, but Kenshi straight up chose violence. Yeah. Yeah. He woke up. He chose violence. Yeah. He, he said, who else has wronged me? Uh, what about that guy that stabbed me and left me for dead? I will single-handedly dismantle his criminal organization, the Red Dragon, and anyone else who tries to take advantage of the various realms, like Shang Tsung. Because if he wasn't trying to take advantage of all the realms, he never would have had me open up that soul hole. He never would have eaten all my grandma's and grandpa's souls. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, Kenshi infiltrates the secret base of the Red Dragon, the criminal organization Mavado Ren, and discovers that they are in possession of a demigod named Taven, who has been cryogenically frozen, who they plan on using for evil purposes. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. Doesn't sound good. No. Yeah. No. Especially, so especially Kenshi... when you said evil purposes. That's when I. That's yeah. when I started to think, uh oh, there's that buzzword, evil, really mm-hmm. not good. You know that bad times are right around the corner when someone says, "I'm gonna get up to some evil purposes." Yeah, that's when you're like, "Hey, buddy, slow down, slow down, take a beat," you know. Yeah. Uh, he did not. He rushed back to his old special forces base. Okay. Where he spoke to his old ally from Special Forces, this guy named Johnny Cage, who I should also mention is America's greatest movie star. Just a sidebar. Um, he's no, also that's a true. Of Special that's Forces. true. Yes. Uh, Johnny Cage. He's the Jean Claude Van Damme of the Mortal Kombat universe. Specifically, he's a parody of Jean Claude Van Damme. And mm-hmm. of Hollywood. Yes. Yes. Um, so he says to Johnny Cage, hey, man, uh, I heard. I saw they've got this demigod, he's frozen, he's at the Red Dragon base, do you know anything about that? And Johnny Cage says, yeah, we just found out that they are kicking off this long-standing prophecy. Um, a pyramid's about to rise in another dimension called Edenia, and the prophecy says that once these demigods are unfrozen, every good and bad person in the world will rush to this pyramid and get in a big fight, and whoever gets to the top of the pyramid 
will attain the power of the one being the creator of all life and all of the universes. And uh, so something bad could really happen if the good guys don't win this one, Kenshi. Um, and Kenshi's like, this is this is also canon, and I I don't I don't know why. Kenshi goes, no, <laughs> not interested. Wow. This one actually, I will sit out. And wow. and then his sword sends a, a like text to Kenshi's brain, that's a video, that's like a vision of what the battle would lead to if he doesn't go and fight. He sees this evil overlord Shao Kahn taking over, destroying the the universe. And so Kenshi's like, all right, fine, I'll I'll go and I'll find the war and I'll take care of it. I'll, I'll handle it. I'll get in there. Mm-hmm. So uh Kenshi goes to the battlefield. And who should he see there? But fucking Shang Sung. Shang Sung has, has been, been resurrected. resurrected. What? We thought he died. We thought he died, and technically we're right, but he uh, became alive again. Oh, no. Kenshi doesn't know how. All he knows is this is the end for Shang. So Kenshi draws his sword. He runs at Shang Tsung, and Shang Tsung uh, leaps into the air and crushes Kenshi's skull, just murdering him instantly. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe he would have been, um, you know, what would have been faster than a sword. I hate to say it. Once again, um, you know, an AK-47. Honestly, you're 100% right. If he had had an AK-47, you know, it would have just been like... Exactly. Then... Is it AK or AR? I don't know. I There's the AK-47 and the AR-15. Two things that I only know because of video games, which isn't of itself troubling. Yeah, I know them because of the news, yes. which also I'll, so I'll give I'll give AK forty seven to video games. I'll give AR fifteen to news. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's it for all Kenshi. He dead. Um, hmm. Until so death doesn't mean anything, is what I'm hearing. Yeah. No, okay. It it, su- it super doesn't mean anything That's um, nice. well here's specifically what happened here it would have meant something shao khan did succeed in getting to the top of that pyramid shao khan the former evil overlord of outworld very bad guy was going to wield the power of the one being and destroy reality as we know it um but a a foil of his this guy named raiden the god whose job is protecting the earth uh knew the only way to stop him was to send a message back in time to his younger self uh, to stop Shao Kahn from getting to this point, to change history so that things wouldn't go so awry. And similar to the motion picture, the butterfly effect, simply sending a message back in time, the simple message he must win to his younger self created a new timeline in which events played out just a little bit differently for everybody involved, including Kenshi. Mm -hmm. Oh, what played out differently? Things played out quite differently for Kenshi 2.0. Okay. Similar similar backstory. Greatest warrior, Takahashi clan, thrown in the well, Shang Tsung, blinded, sword, etc. The thing that went differently this time uh-huh. is that uh, Earthrealm was almost successfully conquered by Shang Tsung and Shao Kahn until they were summarily and 
permanently defeated. Uh So in this lifetime for Kenshi, Shang Tsung was taken off the table real fast, real early, before he had even joined special forces. Uh Um, As a reaction to the amount of Earth's protectors and heroes who had died in this battle that ultimately fell Cheng Sung, Kenshi chose to enlist with the special forces so that he could help restore balance okay, and make sure, sure that Earthrealm was never threatened again. So a little, a little swapperoo in, yeah. in Kenshi's life. And so uh, there was peace. There was peace for a while, mm-hmm. and he helped keep that peace until the day that a... Uh, fallen elder god basically the lucifer of the mortal combat universe named shinnok rose from a hell dimension called the nether realm uh with the help of his little sorcerer buddy quan chi who in the original timeline formed the deadly alliance with shang Tsung. and these two bad guys shinnok and quan chi uh resurrected the undead corpses of all of Kenshi's friends who had died in the battle that killed Cheng Sung and used them as an army to attempt to corrupt Earth's Jinsei, which is its its energy that, that allows Earth to flow. Mm-hmm. Got it? Yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah. No, this, I mean, this all just sounds like where we live. Yeah. This all sounds like, this is, like, this is just kind yeah. of what happens in the greater LA area. Mm-hmm. This is like, you know, imagine... It's like Earth Realm is, you know, Highland Park, and uh-huh. the Nether Realm is like pff, uh, Los Feliz, and um, Outworld's far. like North Hollywood, right? Uh huh. Yeah, you get it. Yeah, it's kind of how we function. Yeah. <laughs> so this this dude Shinnok, this guy Quan Chi, they've resurrected these corpses. They're trying to corrupt the Jinsei, and so Kenshi and friends are like, we got to stop them. Um, they don't kill Shinnok. They only succeed in sealing him away in a magical amulet. 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 Wow, what an idiot. Sorry. Yeah, I'm really sorry fun. about that. That was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry. That was stupid. I almost thought fun. omelet, it but I meant to fun. say amulet. Yeah. It was, I mean, yeah. I don't want to dwell too much on it, but um, I will say that I my respect for you has definitely um it's sub-zero if you will you know <laughs> well that brings us back around i feel like now we've been able to share a laugh yeah about have, the sub-zero thing yeah. that you said a minute ago it's well, like now we're friends again you know maybe we're maybe we're stronger for having made it through this you know in yeah, that no, like i've been you had me on a pedestal i'm yeah you're seeing now that i'm only human you're only a person um, just like i am yeah Yes, and by being humbled in front of you, it's like the power dynamic is shifted. Exactly. Now we can have a real friendship, yeah. Yeah, now we can get like real... Now we can stop getting... I don't remember how the real world starts. Is it stop getting world and start getting real? Is that what they say? I have no idea. I forget completely, but I think that's probably yeah. right. If it isn't, then I, I think you should copyright that. Okay, I'll, I'll write it down. And then I'll, you know, we'll see if I want to do it. You should just like put it in something and wait to get sued. That's like kind of the (laughs) quickest, that's kind of the easiest um, way to go around that, I think. That's my expert level writer move is to write something and then wait 
to get sued. Yeah, exactly. If someone has a problem with it, you'll find out through your lawyers. Yeah. Shout out to my lawyers, by the way, if you guys are listening. Why? So, uh, the undead heroes have been turned into an undead army for this Lucifer guy. But the Lucifer guy got locked away in the amulet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Kenshi and friends are able to free some of the undead heroes and and bring them back actually to our mortal plane. Make them uh, un uh, uh, make them regular alive instead of undead. Namely, I will call out one of these guys. This guy named Scorpion. Um, he manages to bring Scorpion back to humanity after spending decades as like the undead slave of of an evil necromancer. Um, Kenshi kind of makes Scorpion his project, right? He's like, Scorpion, I'm going to help you cope with the horrible things that you did while you were under Quan Chi's control. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm going to go back to working with special forces and I'm going to try to help you get involved, Scorpion, and doing some good. Um, because my next mission is I'm going to find this group I heard about called the Red Dragon. Uh-huh. And I'm going to infiltrate them and take them down. Again, parallels to the old timeline. Yeah. Um. And here's here's a part that you might like because it's going to involve a baby. And I know that you like babies. Love them. I think they're adorable. It's your brand. <laughs> it's my brand. I love all babies. So, and I think it's weird when people don't like babies. It is weird when people don't like babies. I think it just says that they are afraid of being an adult. They're afraid of, yeah, they're afraid of being an adult. And they're afraid of loving something. Yes. It's those two things. So if anyone out there listening doesn't like babies... That's on Damn, you. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. So Kenshi travels to Thailand to infiltrate the Red Dragon. And while he's in Thailand, uh, you know, pretending to be this evil criminal and this Illuminati-esque organization trying to get involved in criminal enterprises across the realms, he meets this woman named Su Chin. And they fall in love. And you know what happens. First comes love. Then comes marriage. Boom, then comes, uh, well, they didn't actually get married. Instead, they kind of had like an affair. He got tied up with the Red Dragon stuff. A few years passed. And then one day, Suchin hit him up and said, I have a son. He's your son. Wow. And his name is Takeda. And Kenshi first off says, Takeda Takahashi, that's an awesome name. Like the alliteration fit really well. Like I appreciate you. Really nice job. Really nice job here. Yeah, not that he has to take my last name, but you have to admit that it sounds cool. Yeah, he is it. first and foremost a feminist. Yes, yeah. Kenshi respects a girl boss when he sees one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Kenshi still being undercover for the Red Dragon is like, if I want to protect this family I didn't know I had, uh, I have to keep my distance, mm-hmm. um, and that's what he does, and it definitely affects Takeda, who's like, I just met my father, and now he's, like, bounced again. Mm-hmm. Um, worse still, Kenshi's cover is blown. The Red Dragon find out that he's a secret agent for special forces, and they murder Su Chin. Mm. Um, Come on. Yeah. But Lateral death... freaking damage. Does death, re- death doesn't mean anything here, though. In this case, it 100% does. She's, like, fully dead. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. Dead of the capital, D. N-D-N-A-N-D. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So 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 Kenji comes back to their house and finds Sushin uh, corpsed on the floor and Takeda gone. Mm-hmm. And so Kenji spends weeks searching for his lost son and eventually finds him like, you know, in the middle of the wilderness, scared and alone. And together they go on the run from the Red Dragon. And he brings his son to Scorpion, who is reforming his own ninja clan back from when he was alive. And he's like, Scorpion, I helped you, you know, kind of do therapy essentially and deal with the trauma from your past. Could you do me a solid and murder the red dragon warriors that are pursuing me and my son? And Scorpion's like, yes, no problem. Punches literally through the face of one of the red dragon guys. And then Kenshi goes, not to make this into a, if you give a mouse a cookie situation, but um, could you do me another favor? And Scorpion's like, yeah, what do you want? And he's like, could you raise my son for me? Big favor. Yeah. And Scorpion's like, dude, what? I don't know. And, and, and you know, Kenshi's like, hey, man, look, it's not a big, you, you could say no, but I did bring you back to life and help you deal with your traumatic past. And you did a lot of bad stuff. Yeah. And, and Scorpion's like, all right, I'll just, I'll train him until he's like a good ninja and then you can have him back. And Kenji's like, that's all I want. Just make him capable of destroying the rest of the red dragons with me to get revenge for the death of his mom. Yeah. And Scorpion's like, no problem. Uh, so Kenji goes and explains that to Takeda, who's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Wait, my mom just got murdered and you're going to leave me with Scorpion. His name is Scorpion. Yeah. And, and Kenji's like, that is my plan. Yes goodbye and so he leaves on not a great he, he they don't leave on good terms at all okay um kenshi follows the red dragon to pakistan and goes on a killing spree murdering red dragons all over pakistan i don't know what they were doing in pakistan i don't know why it's specifically pakistan but that's where they were um sure kenshi it's warm there uh it is it's warm you know, there's a lot of room. There's great yeah. food. Why not go on an Illuminati killing spree? Sure. Um, Kenshi kills a bunch of red dragons. Then they, they try to escape him into Outworld. He follows them to Outworld. He kills more red dragons. Uh, and then he is defeated by um, this guy named Goro, who is a half-dragon prince from a race called the Shokan, who usually has four arms, but has had all four of those arms severed. Um, Goro uh, beats Kenshi up and kidnaps him. And then Goro goes to the Red Dragon and he says, hey, I heard you guys do blood magic. I really want to grow my four arms back. If I trade you this guy, Kenshi, who's been killing all your dudes, will you give me my arms back? And they say yes. Oh, man. Long walk to water to say Kenshi becomes a prisoner of the Red Dragon. (laughs) Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Didn't need didn't need the Goro step necessarily. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. where we land. Uh Kenshi is with the Red Dragon for a while. He's in prison. They're feeding him gruel. He's having a miserable time. And he's he barely manages to escape one day with his life and is starting to seriously reconsider things. He's like, Should I have left my kid? Should I have spent all this time hunting the Red Dragon? Is revenge worth it? 
<clears throat> and that's when uh, Scorpion sends him a text and says, hey, your son's training is over. If you want to come by and pick him up, it's been about 10 years. Yeah. Can you give him a ride? So can, <laughs> can you pick your kid up from ninja school? So Kenji goes, he picks up his son who's doing his final test with Scorpion. He watches the test and he's like, oh, very impressive. He steps out of the shadows and he says, congratulations, son. And his son immediately beats his ass. And it's like, fuck you, dad. I hate you. And he beats Kenshi up. Um, Kenshi explains to him, hey, first off, totally understand. You're in the right for beating me up. Um, I only left you with Scorpion because I wanted you to become strong enough to help me defeat the Red Dragon one day. I thought it was like a fun father-son activity we could do to stop the Red Dragon and avenge your mom. Yeah. And, yeah. And he's like, why couldn't you train me? And he's like, you want to like get into a whole thing. That's just, that's why. Yeah. Um, and he says, also our family is telepathic. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so, so over time, Kenshi and Takeda patch things up. Uh, he helps Takeda join the special forces. They make like a team of youngsters where Kenshi and his I friends, their it. kids have their own squad within the military. Now this is just like the Gilmore girls. I know. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. He, Kenshi is a real Lorelai Gilmore. He's a real Lorelai Gilmore. And then, um, Takeda. Takeda. Takeda is a real Rory. A Rory Gilmore. And they're just like Gavin with each other. You know, they're in the armed forces, but they're also like, yeah, not, uh, but they're, they're like talking about old movies and they're just like talking at a speed that you wouldn't even dream of. But everyone around them is like, people talk, but it's engaging to watch it. Yeah. And then everyone around them is like, Oh, look at look at that bond. That's so cool. That's parenthood. Yeah. And they look past the fact that uh Kenshi abandoned his son for ten yes. years with an formerly they undead uh ninja after his mom had been murdered in front of him. Yeah. Yeah. Um so all's you know, things are pretty good for a while. Kenshi's got a good relationship with his kid, and then one day he learns that Quan Chi, the sorcerer, is still hanging out out there, controlling some of Kenshi's old friends, the ones that he was not able to un undead years ago. And he has aims to bring Shinnok back to life and get him out of that amulet. Um, so Kenshi is like, I guess I'm going to the Nether Realm, which is literally what if hell was a dimension, mm-hmm. to stop Quan Chi. Um, and so Kenshi and the U.S. military go on a clandestine mission to the Nether Realm to extract Quan Chi uh, and bring him back to Earth Realm. And they succeed in doing that. And they're going to interrogate him and be like, "What do you know about the amulet? How do we stop you? How do we turn our friends back?" And that's when Scorpion shows up and is like, "This is the guy that controlled me like a puppet when I was a zombie. I won't stand for this shit." And he beheads Quan Chi before they can get any answers out of him. Okay. And with his dying breath, Quan Chi says some magic spell that frees Shinnok from his amulet. Oh, no. 
Shinnok just like comes on out of that amulet and he slaps Kenshi and knocks him unconscious and starts his reign of terror to destroy the earth. And it becomes up to Takeda to finish his dad's mission and stop Shinnok. Yeah. Eventually, Kenshi and Takeda, uh, together, really it is Takeda, managed to defeat Shinnok alongside Takeda's friends and liberate the world from Shinnok's rule forever. And Kenshi is so proud. He's like, my son did it. And once uh, Shinnok's gone, he says, hey, Takeda, now that your training's done, now that the Earth is no longer in peril, how's about we take a little father-son trip to finally dismantle the Red Dragon together and avenge your mom? Mm -hmm. And they do. That's nice. And here's where things get a little bit hazy. They stop kind of giving you story for Kenshi for no reason in the games, other than... You're like in a level at one point in the most recent game and you find his corpse on top of a pile of demons. So I don't know what he was doing or what it had to do with dismantling the red dragon, but Kenshi apparently fought a bunch of demons on Shang Tsung's old private island and died there. Yeah. Is the the only conclusion I was yeah, able to find. Yeah, it doesn't seem it doesn't Kenshi. seem like he won that fight. I have to say, it seems like no. he was not, he did not, you know, come out victorious. Unless what he wanted to do was be a, a corpse on top of a pile of yeah. uh, demons. Yeah. If he charged in there and was like, slay me! Then maybe you would be like, oh, good for him! Succeeded. Oh, that's cool. He, yeah. You know, he's very goal-oriented. Yeah. And and that's kind of it for Kenshi. Hopefully that was a positive ending for him, if that's what he wanted. Otherwise, yeah. died. Bummer. Um, that's it for his story, other than the, the small coda of, in the most recent game, uh, time was reset again. Oh. Um, and uh, now a friend of Kenshi's, a friend and ally of his, this guy named Liu Kang, who didn't come up because it wasn't relevant, is in charge of the new timeline. So hopefully in the future of Mortal Kombat, Kenshi Takahashi will have a a happy ending and get to have the life with his son that he always hoped for. It seemed like family pride was the thing that he was always looking for in his life across either timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Like the kind of pride that our ancestors have in, in you know, us. For, yeah. For us to uh, have become, you know, comedy writers, m myself, mid-level. Once mm -hmm. again. And myself, uh, technically upper level now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. Um, Brittany, do you have any any final thoughts on the life of Kenshi? You know, Kagashi, I, or on the larger lore of Mortal Kombat. You know, I think that um, it's. I, I think here's my only note. Here's my my only note is. You know, it seems like uh, it seems like people. Whether they die or not is pretty random. Seems like it's not up to uh, whether, you know, the body stops functioning. Seems arbitrary. But other than yeah. that, you know, I feel like this was, it, it, it was a little bit of everything. It was obviously had a U.S. special 
armed forces, um, which is like, Mm -hmm. I think part of, it's part of the hero's journey. I know storytelling wise, as we are storytellers, myself, mid-level, you upper. Myself upper level. Yeah. 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 Um, And I just, you know, I feel like we got, we got a little bit of everything. We got a little bit of every genre in there. Um, yeah. You know, a little bit of rom-com. Romance. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Swords, so I, I feel spirit like, stuff. you know, what else do you want? What What else do we need to put on the uh, on the um, mortal uh, uh, combaters? And like, as a person, how do you feel about Kenshi? Like, you obviously, know? he made sort of darker choices. I would say in the new timeline, it was like an yeah. interesting glimpse into if this guy got something positive in his life, a family, how would he respond? And you know, I think he um, got. I think in the second timeline, he got a little. Uh, uh, to quote the today's New York Times crossword, uh, he got a little emo. Was that in the crossword today? That was in the crossword today. Yes. What was the like lead in? What was the question? The question was um uh like another word for a moody teen, uh, or like what a moody teen yeah, might might be. Hey, I'm not complaining. I got it on the first try. That word. I mean, that's something to be proud of. Yeah. yeah. And it's we're recording on a Tuesday, so Tuesday crossword not the most challenging. Not the most challenging. No, certainly not. It's satisfying. It's nonetheless it's not the least challenging yeah yeah Mm -hmm. well great that then takes us up to the final segment of our show brody which is called choose your destiny it's a segment in which i ask you if you were to exist in the mortal Kombat universe now knowing about the many realms and personalities that exist within it who would you be who who would brody gupta be in the mortal Kombat universe definitely one of the kids I'd be one of the kids. Just like a kid? Just a kid. Um, I I would be Mm -hmm. the uh one of the son's classmates, I think. One of Takeda's classmates? One of Takeda's classmates, yeah. At at like the ninja cat? At like the Shirairi like ninja training facility? Yes. And I would sort of be I I don't know if there's space for this in, you know, this world, but I would sort of be your example of like of like you know it, a teen girl just going through teen girl stuff and she's like mm-hmm. really trying to figure out Takeda 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 mm-hmm. and she's mm-hmm. just like you know you're so you're so like closed off why don't you open up to me and then he would tell me the harrowing story about like watching his mother die um yeah. and then I would be like oh my gosh, that's, do you want to go to the prom together? And then I think that <laughs> that would, like, what? It, he would probably ask a question or two like that, but I think he would be down. Um, so yeah. that's who I would be in the larger universe of this. So you would, you'd be Takeda Takahashi's Shirayu prom date. Yeah. Got it. I, I will say, cause I am obligated to say so. Um, all of his classmates were murdered brutally at the academy. Um, but I figured, canonically speaking, this could be something that happened like beforehand. 
Yeah. Um, or, I mean, if it happens There was some blood magic prom, that, that got them all killed, yeah. Yeah, if it happens after the prom, that's fine, too. Okay. Yeah, like a carry situation where it's like prom and then... Yeah, yeah prom could just be its own event. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Great. Great answer. Thank you. Uh, well, Brody, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, thank this you is really so fun. much for having me. I enjoyed me. sharing this with you. Um, it's always good to talk to a mid-level writer. Yes. Um, mid-level comedy writer. If <laughs> a mid-level com- sorry, a mid-level comedy writer. Um, if people want more Broti Gupta in their lives, uh, where can they find it? Oh, they can find me on twitter.com. Um, I constantly tweet and it's uh it's i i you know i wish i had like a journal maybe but here's Mm. the thing is i wish that people in my journal every time i wrote something down would say like i like this you know Mm. i wish i had like kind of a guest book like that so um so yeah i'm on twitter i'm on uh instagram where i post pictures of my dog who has two different Mm. colored Mm. eyes he has a Siberian Husky rescue from a great dog. Great dog. So smart. Love to sing. Yeah. Loves to sing. He, I will say it's not that he's not smart. It's that he lacks curiosity. He fundamentally is not asking questions about his surroundings and he is not interested in finding out um, anything uh, about anyone. Yeah. That's not like that's not like that breed of dog at all. They're generally very curious. Yeah, he is not curious. No, he he just mm-hmm. he really just like wants to play. He's like pretty bad at fetch. Um, yeah. But this, but he has. We're really proud of him because he has started uh, running in the same direction as the thing that we throw. So that's, that's been like a forward, forward momentum. momentum. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been like. You know, he's not very goal-oriented. I'll say that. Got it. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. You don't always have to be. You know, we're, we're in such a career-driven city and such a career-driven exactly. field. It's like you exactly. Forget sometimes it, it's okay to just live. Yeah. You can um, just hang out. So Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. I'm online. <laughs> and you have a you podcast as, as well. Oh, yeah. I, uh, my friend uh, Dylan and I have a podcast on patreon.com slash lecture hall um it's Mm. where we teach each other stuff from like wikipedia sometimes Uh, we and we never remember uh anything about it after we we started the podcast in an effort to learn stuff and um we have we have yet to learn anything but we've you know we've had some fun episodes where uh we've talked about you know uh just insane things throughout history and well, I I one time explained what a smile is, so I don't That's know. Fun. If it's up your alley, then check it out. Comparatively speaking, did you learn more today than on a common episode? Oh, for sure, yeah, absolutely. That's all I need to hear. Say no more, Brody. Thank you for joining the show, listeners. Thank you for listening, and as always, finish him. <laughs>